I'm Barry Ooh. Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Just two of us tonight, then. Yeah, just the two of us. Uh, somebody's cried off because he's been watching the cricket. Yeah, he's, he's probably better watching the cricket than that game last night, though. Well, it was all right. Look, straight into it. Wrexham nil, Wigan Athletic nil. Straight to penalties. Wrexham win 4-2 on penalties. I th- it was a bit dull, the game itself. There wasn't a lot of goal-mouth action. I'll do the stats. Wrexham 33% possession. We had 67. Attempts, Wrexham had 20 I think most of them came from outside the box. We had seven. And again, I think most of them came from outside the box. On target, Wrexham seven, Latics three. Corners, six, two in Wrexham's favour. Fouls, Wrexham committed eight to over ten. And the card count was three for Wrexham, two yellows for the Latics. Chris sees for what on the face of it looked like a nasty challenge, but in actual fact, he'd missed the player, so it wasn't. Uh, and Matt Smith who uh, picked up his second booking in two games, which is a little bit concerning for me. <laughs> yeah, if you can, if you can <laughs> pick it. At... Sam Morsey did that, though, didn't he? Pick a load up and then calm himself down. So if he can follow in those boots, we'll be happy. Yeah, I, I think the thing is with, uh, with with Matt Smith, he's he's more or less in the centre of mid on his own. I mean, he has, he's aided and abetted by different players here and there, but... Oh, before I forget, last night's attendance for a for a first round Carabao Cup, Wrexham nine thousand seven hundred thirty six uh, attendance with a thousand and forty four from uh, from Wigan, which I think is a, a decent following. It is, yeah. Um, you know, on, on, for <coughs> for a, a Carabao Cup, I I, I guess I'd say it's second game of the season thing, and it's you know it's accessible ish. It's not a million miles away. Yeah, it's not too bad. Team selection last night, yeah. I, I, I thought there might have been one or two more plays, you know, in from the start, giving up. up. I'm surprised Shaw's not, weren't even on the bench last night, so he must be really behind. Johnny Smith as well didn't make, or Jordan Jones, no Smith and Jones. <laughs> uh, but Kel Watts got it, got his uh, his first start since rejoining. As we switched from uh, a back, basically a back two to a back three. And I thought it upset our rhythm a little bit. Yeah, I, t- I, th- I think the way, way where you're heading there is the is the triangles that we saw on Saturday with the sort of Sam Tickle and the and the two centre-halves and then Matt Smith and the two centre-halves. If you put three across the back, that becomes a bit flatter, doesn't it? So it's a bit harder to sort of play nice triangles, which, again, like you say, upsets that balance a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought it definitely did last night. I mean, uh, like when I was reflecting on the game, uh, like you said on Saturday, it was more like a diamond shape if you think about it with Tittle, the two centre-backs and then Smith. It was like a bit of a diamond shape and and it worked really well. And sometimes they knocked it either left or right to Claire or Pierce. But last night it was it was going across the back line and it was, like you just said, then it was a bit flat. On Saturday we was penetrating because Smithy was turning and moving forward. Last night, last night we weren't doing that. I think on the balance of play, to be honest with you, I think Wrexham probably deserved the win. Maloney said after the game we weren't at our best or he, he, he was disappointed in how we played. Three big hitters on the bench, Wyke and Asgard and Lang, who all came on. Why can Asgard 
came on for Chris C and Balagese. And then Lange came on for Callum Mack. Luke Brennan came on as well for Pierce late on. I think you look at how carried away both yourself and Adam were getting after Saturday. It's a bit deflating after that, isn't it? But it's a cup game and it's the second game of the season and he's testing more players and testing things out. If we go away and win on Saturday against Northampton, nobody will care. I don't think I don't think many people did get carried away with it, to be honest. I, I, what it does do in a couple of weeks, it gives us a free a free Tuesday. So we've no game and the players can rest up. And it's, Sometimes you need that. What The season starts at a thunderous pace, doesn't it? You're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And it's nice to have a little bit of a break so you can get back on the training ground, get your feet up a bit, let them early knocks get rested. What I've got to say about last night, the penalties. They always say, make sure you hit the target. Now, I think both Charlie and Tello's target was... Uh, was was somewhere in in Rill. I think that's what where they were aiming for. Because it is half put put some welly into them two penalties and, and they sailed over the bar. Um, Rosehead. But Steve Humphries and Charlie Wycke took the first two, stuck them away with a plum. I like that phrase, a plum. A standout player for me. He's been voted by our listeners on Facebook and Twitter as the progress with Unity Man of the Match for the Wrexham game. Liam Morrison. I thought he was absolutely superb again. He looks like a real find. Have we picked him up when we've no recruitment team? I mean, obviously, I think Maloney must have been aware of him or Gregor Riot, either one of them two were. But again, last night, brilliant. He's a bit like Charlie Hughes. He can play football. He's good in the saddle. Looks good in the air as well. And they stood up against Ollie Palmer, who's a physical striker for a six foot three or four for, for Exxon. They stood up against him. And it, it was, I just thought he, he, he was immense last night. Absolutely immense. It's from it's from not far from Kilmarnock, so yeah, they're not soft up there, are they? You know, with this thing that we can't sign players, and uh, Sean Maloney's alluded to a couple of things about the fact that we got young lads on loan for a year. Come next summer, we're allowed to pay a fee for players, and it was reported in the northeast that Kel Watts was coming on a year loan and then being signed permanently next summer. I just wondered if if, if Liam Morrison is. You know, it's going to be the same with him because I'll tell you why, it'll be a cracking piece of business if that's true. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you're not allowed, if you've got an embargo on that you're not allowed to pay, you've got to kind of have a deal in place. And it's difficult to get that deal in place and in stone because if he comes in as a cracking season, of course, the price tag goes up. With these loan deals, they usually agree the fee, don't they? The, the other thing is, if his contract's due up and he's been here like Kel Watts, he's been here for 12 months. And he's enjoyed it and he's loved it. It's much easier to put an enticing offer on the table than it is to try and drag somebody at, say, Northampton for 12 months and then you're trying to sign him. I mean, hopefully he has a good season. Hopefully then it stays. Well, that's what we're hoping for, hopefully. Yeah. A lot of hoping, though. We're at the uh, Carabao Cup. Best wishes to Wrexham. Let's move on because done and dusted. We're at the Carabao Cup. Let's talk about what's coming up at the weekend. We've got Northampton in town for the first home game of the season. Something that the town itself is looking forward to. I've been out today with Logan, the Northwest singer, for those who don't know, and Caroline Mullineau, the chair of the supporters club. We've been around some local businesses around town uh, with the big flags, and they've been more than happy to post for photographs and put it out on the social media and get behind the latics. I think it's a fantastic initiative, this, to turn the, the town blue and white and, and see if we can get, I'll not say a full house, you know, to get that attendance well over the 10,000 mark, which I think we should be doing uh, and get behind the team. And it, it's just brilliant to see. It, it adds for me, I, I mean, I've seen the pictures, 
it's got a little bit of that vibe about, you know, when you get FA Cup semi-final and you've got everybody in all the local businesses getting involved. It's just trying to build a bit of excitement. Plenty of us who have got that anyway because it's the first game of a new season. But it's trying to drag others in, which is what those of us that go regular have asked for for years. Brilliant initiative. You're just like chatting to people today. I mean, we've been, we went down the club shop and there were people coming up to us, you know, just ask questions about what's happening on Saturday. And, and they were talking to Logan, you know, he's got that song, I Still Believe, which he's going to be singing at the stadium. People say, well, it's not my cup of tea. Well, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Not everybody likes ABBA. Not everybody likes Northern Soul. Not everybody likes rock music. Not everybody likes Beethoven. This is music. But one thing it is, it's got a positive vibe to it, and it's positivity that's running through this club. And we need to we need to jump on the back of this and push that feel good factor. I mean, we've got a fantastic opportunity now to to play a team. Uh, we'll come to Northampton in a minute, but believe me, they're struggling. They they really are struggling. We, we've taken a good result at Derby. We've not th- chipped up three points off that minus eight. We've got a fantastic opportunity to do the same on Saturday. And I was dreading the fact that, you know, we, we're still going to be on minus points coming to September. We've got a great opportunity to get out of that minus, get some positive points on the board. And by us all rallying together, I think that's how we've got to do it and really get behind all these things that are going on at the moment. Again, once you once you get that positivity going, it breeds more positivity. And it could be that we, we look at the score on at the table on Saturday and... You know, we're still two points off safety. And there's teams there that haven't scored yet, haven't picked up a point yet. And we're still two points behind them. You could be even worse. You could you could be like still eight points behind them. We don't need to be top by the end of September, do we? We can finish top on the last day of the season. It doesn't matter when. I mean, I don't think we will. But yeah, you just you just keep that momentum going. I think that's it. That's the word, isn't it? Momentum. We've, we've picked yeah. up on momentum now. We need to keep it going. And if these little things, these little positive initiatives that's going on around around the place help to do that, then then I'm all for it. They do breed, don't they? We, re- we remember back from that 2012, all just came together. I mean, that started off small and just got bigger and bigger, didn't it? Because it kept working and the team kept winning. And look how we finished the season that year. We were <laughs> the best team in Europe. Uh, Northampton are in town on Saturday. In the build-up, I've, I've managed to to speak to Danny Brothers from It's All Cobblers to Me, because Northampton Town are called the Cobblers. Danny, uh, we're a bit pressed for time, but what he's done is sent in some answers to some questions that I, that I sent him rather than doing an interview with me this week. So what we'll do, we'll have a little listen to what Danny had to send. So this is it. Hi everyone, it's Danny here from the It's All Cobblers to Me podcast from Northampton Town. Your opponents for Saturday. Slightly dreading the trip, if I'm honest, but uh, we'll see how things go. So expectations for the coming season for the Cobblers. Obviously just been promoted last season in third place. A lot of injury issues at the end of last season, so it's real, real struggle to get up. John Brady and the team did amazing work. We've got some great youth players coming through who just played in different positions who put themselves on the line and got us over that that line with that last day of the win of the season win at Tranmere fantastic scenes so good to be back in league one again the fixture list just looks so much nicer <laughs> to look at when you've got the likes of yourselves of Derby the Charltons that blue lot from down the road we've got so much more things to look forward to so we're really excited about the coming season because 
yeah, it's just it's just so much nicer the away games and even the home games with the with the fans bringing selling out the away end and things like that. When you've got the likes of Barrow and and certain United and Harrogate on a Tuesday night, it's not the best. So to be back in League One is great. Uh, really excited. Expectation wise, I think we are probably going to struggle. I think in terms of budget, but our budget's nowhere near the level of a lot of teams in this division. So we've had to be clever about loans and free transfers, about bringing in what we can, but we've also got quite a healthy squad from last season, I would say. We've got a lot of players tied up on contracts over the summer, so we've got some good continuity from last season of the team that did bring us up. So I think we're going to be okay. I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle to start with. Fitness levels aren't the best to start off the season, so it's probably a good time to play us, I would think. we really really tired on Saturday against Stevenage after about an hour and you could tell we're just not quite at the level of fitness yet our pre-season started a week later than what it usually would do just because of the what happened last season and the injuries and and people still coming back from longer term injuries we've we've had to plan pre-season a little bit differently this season so it's just had that effect on the start of the season and I think we are still easing into it a little bit so for the start, it's probably not going to be easy. It's going to be, you know, hard to kind of compete early on, but hopefully longer term, it has a better effect in, in terms of results later on down in the season. I think all the teams that are coming up have, will challenge League One. I think they're in many different ways. Orient play really nice football. They'll probably suit League One really well because they've got a good attacking players. They've got quality going forward. Lost a couple of key players in the attacking areas. And I think one of their new signings, Dan Aji's got injured as well. But I think they will be good. they'll be fine. Richie Wellens has them playing really good football. Uh, Stevenish, we played on Saturday. I've said from the start, even before Saturday, they're going to be absolutely fine because of course of Steve Evans, essentially. He sets his teams up well. He's got them organised. They're a strong team. They will surprise a lot of people. And he's just got them playing in a way that will really, really surprise and hurt a lot of League One teams, I think, and frustrate a lot of teams as well. They'll go away and set up their stall and not only not just be defensive, but they'll pick their moments to attack as well. They've got a real good balance about their team. And I think Stevenage will be absolutely fine based on that. Carlisle, I think, will potentially struggle along with ourselves, probably look towards the lower end. I've got them down to go down, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not entirely positive positive about that prediction, but we'll see what happens there. I think out of the four, though, they might struggle the most. Hopefully it won't be us. <laughs> John Brady, our manager. Yes, absolutely the man for the job. He joined us in League One a couple of seasons ago, right at the end of the Keith Curl tenure. Keith, unfortunately for him, just hadn't got, got it for League One. He set the team up really, really negatively and it had a massive effect. We were watching League One football last time on iFollow and with no fans and it was just a horrible season to watch and ended up going down. John Brady couldn't quite do enough to to keep us up in that season. Um, he's come in at the end of that with no transfers to be able to do. He's not. He wasn't able to bring anyone in because it was past the transfer window. He just couldn't quite manage to pull it around enough to get us out of the, the trouble that Keith Curl and the team had got us into, sadly. But we've completely re- rebuilt in League Two. So the last season before the season before last, we very we you know we, you probably know the story of the Bristol Rovers. Last day of the season, they won seven nil. We won three one, and they overtook us on goal difference. A ridiculous situation. Um, but the following season, we've got eighty odd points again for the second season in a row, and he's just got us playing some really committed football he's connected the club back to the community again he's an Aussie but he's been around the North Ants football scene for a long time and he's just got the club and the community and the fans back together again back on board he's a great character he really feels everything he kicks every ball and absolutely the right man for the job at the moment 
so so happy with him really good person and yeah really happy that he's in charge um, in terms of new signings Tyree Simpson, probably the one that's excited me the most. I've been talking about him for a couple of years, actually, on the podcast. And ever since I saw him play for Swindon against us, I think he scored about 11 goals for Swindon and just absolutely terrorised us when we played him as well. I think he scored in one of the games. He's just got pace. He's got power. He will hold the ball up. He makes it stick up front. Yeah, really excited by him. On Saturday, he had a really good debut as well. Played 90, well, I say 90 minutes. It was ended up being about 115 minutes or something at the end of the day. Um, but played the whole game and looks in good shape and looks like it's something that completely different to what we've got in the whole squad and uh going forward so i really hope we keep him fit because he's going to be the danger man going forward i think and he'll hopefully scare a few defenses by running at them and having the strength to get by them in terms of other people to look out for um obviously sam hoskins last season's top scorer coming in from the wide he played a little bit of a different position on saturday so he played more centrally than he did last season when he was cutting in from the wing and scoring he scored 20 plus goals last season but still he's got a point to prove in league one i think now so he'll be he'll be raring to go uh, kieran bowie we've got unknown from fulham he may start i'm not quite sure about that yet but he didn't start last saturday potentially will start on tuesday night against uh, swansea in the cup but he's another one just to keep an eye on uh, and mark leonard in the middle of the pitch on loan from brighton you, you've seen how brighton play their football you know exactly what to what you're getting when you get a brighton loanee so good on the ball so composed and at this level i'm really excited to see what he can do he sprays passes around from deep in the midfield so if you can stop him and stop the service then i think you're doing you've got most of the job done because most of the things go through him he'll come and pick the ball up from the back and he'll try and make things happen try and get moves going from the from that kind of defensive midfield position so uh, i'd say leonard leonard bowie and um simpson maybe hoskins to look out for on on saturday score prediction i don't want to be too negative about it but i'm not massively looking forward to it it's it's one that's fallen on a bad time for us in terms of uh injuries and getting back to fitness again and obviously your result last saturday at derby was superb charlie white running the show for you yeah i've not got high expectations for it if i'm honest i'm probably going to say a wigan win hopefully we can get off the mark and get our first goal of the season in the league so i will go 2-1 wigan i think as well i think you're gonna have the stadium rocking it's your first home game you've obviously got the the points to catch up on and and i think at that point the fans really get behind you so i'm gonna i'm, I'm a bit nervous about it but i'm just gonna say 2-1 i think and just not probably go for damage limitation but i think you'll beat us um and yeah all the best for the season good luck and look forward to seeing you when you come down to six fields as well They've had a little bit of a, a rough time, Northampton. They've not scored a goal yet this season and, and lost both games. They lost at home to Stevenage on the opening day and then they lost on Tuesday evening away at Swansea 3-0 in, in the Carabao Cup. They've been plagued with injuries, plagued at the end of last season with in, injuries and limped over the line for automatic promotion. bit different to them Wrexham people, isn't he? Who don't mind settling for second. And this is a bit more, much more pessimistic, which is good for us. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit more pragmatic as well. The way he's come up, yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not going to say they're going to storm the table. He knows he's got a couple of good players, one or two good players. Danny really likes the manager, John Brady. Who I didn't realise he was Australian. He's, he's pulled out three players as well for us to keep our eye on. Cerise Simpson, who they've loaned from Uddersfield, he's a striker. He's only twenty-one. He was. He made his name at Swindon. Uddersfield have, have signed him, and then they've loaned him out to Northampton. Sam Hoskins, who's been a at uh, Northampton for quite a number of years now. He's played nearly 300 games. Last season, he scored over 20 goals for him as well. He's a, for me, I think he's a bit like, you know, like the Michael Jacobs type who plays sort of a wideish forward who cuts in and, and 
kills one in the mm. corner. He's that Sapper player. And they signed a, a name which will, will ring a bell with a lot of the older Latics supporters, Mark Leonard. They got him on loan from Brighton. So it's not the Mark Leonard who played for Wigan Athletic in, in 1994, because it's not even his son. But uh, Mark Leonard, who's um, coming on loan from Brighton, is a Scotland under-21 international midfield player. Danny absolutely raving about him. So I think he's a player for us to watch. Maybe a similar type to Matty Smith. Should we have a ref watch? The referee will be Ross Joyce from Middlesbrough, who has been on the national list since the 2015-16 season. He's a sports development coach by trade. How he got into refereeing is an interesting story because in a youth team game, following a, a tirade of abuse at the referee... He was sent on a refereeing course as a punishment. And obviously it wasn't much of a punishment because he's now been a referee for a number of years. He's previously refereed the Latics eight times. And the last of those times was a 2-1 defeat at the DW to Cambridge in April of 2022. I don't know whether he's been on his holidays or he's not very good, but this will be the first game that Ross Joyce has refereed this season. During the last season, in his last campaign, he took charge of 31 games, so he must have had a few holidays there as well. They were spread between League One and League Two and a few in the cup competitions. He dished out 117 yellow cards, six reds, and he awarded five penalties. And that's Ross Joyce from Middlesbrough, who will be refereeing for the visit of Northampton Town on Saturday. I'll tell you what, Paul, I don't think... I'm going to say this. (laughs) I don't think he's that bad of a ref because he's refed us eight times. And I don't remember. I don't recall him refing us. And I remember that Cambridge game quite quite vividly. So I don't think he was that bad. I mean, Cambridge came and, and sort of played us off the park that day. Mark Bonner, the manager, I think we was all like, "Wow, this guy's got these lot playing." If you remember that, I think we were very close to going over the line and getting promoted, weren't we? We just couldn't manage it, and that was one of them games that, at the end of that season where we was yeah, there was quite. There was quite a few at the end of that season, weren't there, where a lot of people said that we, we kind of crept over the line and we were rubbish, and they, they carried that into the, the championship season as, as being why we weren't very good there. He was refereeing that game, and, and I don't think for one second we can we can blame the referee for that, because Cambridge were, were the better team. No, I, I mean, you do remember the names when they're rubbish, don't you? And, and his, name st- I can't, his name stands out for me for some <laughs> reason, but I can't think why. Yeah, I can, his dad. I can only... <laughs> Could only think it must be because he was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, he's Dan Warren. He's, Warren, they're Warren, they're Warren. Oh God! Why well, yeah, have you took us down that, that road? <laughs> oh. We've we've met Northampton thirty-seven times down the years. We've won nineteen, drawn twelve, and we've only lost six times. Our last meetings came in the administration season during lockdown. We lost at home three-two in October twenty twenty, and I remember that game. That was a uh, that was a two and fro game. And then we went actually went to Sixfields in the February of twenty twenty one and we grabbed a very late Callum Langle to give us the three points. And at the end of that season, we finished three points ahead of the Cobblers and we stayed up whilst they went down to League Two. And they've been in League Two ever since until this season when they managed to, to get promoted. There's three former Northampton players who's been a, in our ranks. And I'm not sure if you'll re- remember one of them. Ian Benjamin, who played for us in the 90s, a striker. He was okay. A guy called Pat Gavin, who I once saw score a goal with his head from the... Well, it felt like it was from the halfway line. I've never seen a header 
as as clinical and as powerful. And I thought he was awful, Pat Gavin, but he scored the most wonderful edit goal I've ever seen. So there's two there. I've already mentioned him once. Michael Jacobs, former Northampton Town player, who bit a bit of a legend at the Latics, I say crackers. As it happens, he's still on my calendar that is up in my garage. Oh. Um because that's where the end that's where they end up. And uh, yeah, Crackers is still there and it was it's behind the door, um, is the calendar in the garage. And you open the door to get in the garage from, from the house, so it's very rare that you can see the calendar. And uh, it was there the other day. I just happened to notice it the other day. I was like, oh, it's because I was questioning why he was still there after he'd been gone so long. But yeah, he is still there in my garage in the calendar. I remember interviewing him during during lockdown. He came on the podcast for an interview and, and he was fantastic. He was a great character. And I, I know he was part of that clip with with Nicky Powell and, and Will Grigg himself, Max Power at the time, and, and they had like they had a real bond going, didn't they? There was a it was a good nucleus uh, to that that side, and he, he yeah, was very he, much part of it. He, he he was very much one of those players who put the ball at his feet, and you 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 sit up and watch, don't you? You you, you kind of inch forward because there was a there was a trick and a bit of excitement coming whenever he had the ball. Absolutely. Anyway, let's let's get some uh, predictions done. Danny Brothers has gone has gone for a two one win. So we've got a Northampton Town supporter predicting that we're going to Athletic are going to beat them. Danny said to me he feels that they'll break the goal scoring duck at the uh, at the DW Stadium. So he's gone for two one. What are you going for, Paul? Uh, we're we're good at breaking those ducks, aren't we? I I, I, I don't think it's a long enough run yet. It's only two games. Usually we break those ducks when a team's not scored for half a dozen games. So I'm going to say that that duck remains and I'm going to go with 2-0 Latics. Charlie White one, Callum Lang the other. I think we're on the same wavelength this season because my exact thoughts were 2-0 to the Latics and, and uh, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with a 2-0 because I, I think, similar to you, defensively, we look good. We've got uh, tickling the goals. Yeah, you're right with Charlie White as well. I, I, coming on from the start... I think he'll give the back line a lot to think about. And I think Charlie White will be on the score sheet. I'm going to go for a 2-0. Might be Charlie I'm... White a double again. I've heard on Saturday that the supporters club might be opening up at half 11 because England and Colombia play in the Women's World Cup quarterfinal. So they're hoping to get that on in the supporters club bar. So if you fancy getting down there for that before the game and uh, cheering the women on uh, amongst uh, fellow Latics supporters... It's not a bad idea to do so. If if you've got any friends and family who fancy going in, get them down to the game on Saturday. Let's let's make that place buzz and let's really get behind these lads. So excited. I'll be honest with you, hand on us. I don't think we're getting promoted or anything like that, but I'm going to really enjoy this season and take whatever comes. I'm looking forward to watching us play some, some nice football. I, I mean, if you get to the end of the season and you've seen enough patches to make you get really excited for next season, That'll do, won't it? Then you talk about Saturday with the um, all the goings on with the Mexel noise, and I, you know it's about meeting up with all the old friends, isn't it? That you've not seen for a couple of months because they've been away and there's been no footballer. Meet all them, get involved, have a bit of fun. That's what it's all about. It is. And talking of old friends, we're back on Sunday. All the reactions to the Northampton game, of course, but we're going to be previewing Carlisle away. And I've already spoken to a Carlisle supporter who's coming to join us on Sunday, and he said. Uh, the first fixture they looked for uh, when the season's fixtures were out was when they played us because you want to be reacquainted with their old chums from Wigan. 
I thought that was very nice of him. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think he meant it in a pleasant way, if I'm being honest. So, so we've got he's coming on on uh, on Sunday. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to to see what he says. It's the Brunton Bugle is the uh, the Carlisle podcast. So, so that's something to, for us to look forward to as well. So until Sunday, up the six and come on. Come on. Oh, Sean Maloney, you were one of a kind. Thank you for believing in our darkest times. We'll follow you to glory. We love you all to death. Singing, oh, Sean Maloney's mighty ticks are the best. Oh, I still believe. Oh, I still believe. Oh, I still believe Oh, I still believe Still believe